By watching or listening to this show, you are acknowledging that you are of legal age to purchase and consume cannabis in your region. This production is for adults only. Welcome to the Cannabis 101 podcast, part of the Cannabis Life Experience, your guide through the legalization and consumption of cannabis in Canada and beyond. Join us on this journey and adventure with the wonderful plant. Here's your host, Dean Millard. Welcome to episode 83, hour number one of the Cannabis 101 podcast. My name is Dean Millard, and it's not just about getting high, it's about getting healthy. We discuss a lot of different things when it comes to the plant. Uh, one of them is getting high, and a lot of them, a lot of other things about how it can benefit you. We also dive into the world of cannabis news and business but there is one way that we do kick off the show around here and that's by finding out simply what's your groove put that in your pipe and smoke it can you dig it kind of grabs you by the boo-boo don't it Quite a great, long This is great. This is the bee's knees. So when I say what's your groove, I want to know that while you're listening or watching this, if you're grooving with something, as in something from the cannabis plant, let me know what it is, whether you're smoking a joint, you've got some edibles, you got some CBD, who knows, bong in a crate, never know what's going on with you. Uh, let me know. Hit me up on Twitter at the Cannabis 101, Cannabis 101 Facebook on Instagram, or Cannabis 101 Podcast on Facebook and Instagram uh, when people aren't getting kicked off of those platforms. And you can email me as well, Cannabis101Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, this is what I am uh, grooving to. Some CBD tea uh, from Every. Uh, it's a decaf peach ginger green tea. And uh, it's, uh, it's very, very, very tasty. So get a little bit more of my groove on. And um, we can kind of get on with the show. I'll explain a little bit more about uh, some CBD in uh, just a little bit here is what's coming down the hash pipe on this episode david wiley from the oz is going to drop by once again as usual we're going to talk about some major major um sales in the cannabis retail sector in the year 2020 massive increase in sales when it comes to that uh speaking of massive these fees there are some fees rather that uh, vancouver retail stores have had to pay in the past. Hopefully they'll be coming to an end because they are simply outrageous. 
a great story from a Nova Scotia LP on how they reclaim plastic from the ocean and and package their cannabis in it. Just brilliant. And we'll end things um, with some research being done into THC impairment. And how do you test for it? Because that is very, very serious. So David and I will discuss all of that as well. We'll tell you about uh, the OZ and the magazine that will be uh, in stores uh, for you to check out uh, in different places. And it's online right now at OkanaganZ.com. Malka LaBelle from the Green Generation Co. She joins us every week for the business of cannabis. Uh, She's going to tell us about the Green Book. Uh, She's going to pitch to you why you should be interested in a new venture that she has going. I I mentioned earlier about, you know, lots of people having their Facebook or Instagram accounts deactivated or just, you know, their, their posts being taken down. Malka She's got a solution to that. So we'll tell you a little bit about that as we go. Our cannabis question is about CBD. Uh, our cannabis character is from the show F is for Family. I don't know if you have know about this show. I just stumbled across it. I can't wait to watch more episodes of this one. And our weed word of the day will have to do with joints and concentrates. We'll also tell you a little bit about our uh, the Weed Weekly, rather, Uh, That uh, comes out every Friday, right into your inbox, recaps the show, we have a giveaway, and much more. But let's get things going right now with the cannabis question. It's prize time. Chime in on the cannabis question. Okay. And you could win a Cannabis 101 podcast prize pack. Pipe in a grape, bong in a blint. Hit us up on any of our social media feeds or email us at cannabis101podcast at gmail.com. Okay, here we go. So the cannabis question, if you're watching, you can see it on your screen. Uh, if you're listening and you want to check us out on video, head to our YouTube channel. Just search for the Cannabis 101 podcast. The question is, what do you like about CBD specifically? If you do use CBD, I, you know, you don't have to tell me, you know, why you specifically you take it. But I just want to know why you like it if you do um, consume CBD. You know, what are the reasons and, and, and the maybe the effects? Now, it's very commonly said that CBD will not get you high. Um, now, it, it even says on this uh, this packaging uh, of this uh, CBD tea that it contains a small amounts of THC. Now, we all react differently in, with our, our own endocannabinoid system. So you can't just say CBD doesn't get you high because also high is different for other people. So... I think it's kind of better to maybe use the word intoxicated, Um, you know, THC, alcohol, those are intoxicants, things like that. So what, so uh, what I'm trying to get at is that for, for some people, they may feel so relaxed. They might think, oh, I'm high because I've, I've never experienced this much relaxation before and things like that. So kind of high, you can be high on life. You can be high on energy. You can be high on your job. You can high on your, your partner, your, your relationship. You can just be high on many things. So intoxicated is a little bit different. You're almost not, you're, you're, you're very unlikely to get intoxicated, intoxicated rather uh, by drinking CBD tea. For me, 
it just, and this is for a lack of a better term, you know, people used to say, oh, I had three fingers of scotch last night to take the edge off. CBD takes the edge off without damaging my liver and things like that. It just kind of brings the, 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 the 9 out of 10 maybe down to like a 6 out of 10 or something like that. And it also really helps me with tolerance breaks. When I want to take a tolerance break um, and not uh, consume uh, THC uh, for a little while uh, to improve my tolerance so I can you know enjoy those highs that I do like to have, I use CBD. I vape it in the uh, the uh, Volcano Hybrid, the Supernova that I picked up at Nova Cannabis Jasper Ave. Uh, so I use it in that. Um, you know, I do different things. I don't. Um, I, I I don't think there's any CBD concentrates. I'm still learning a lot, so I, I'm not. I have. I don't know if there would be any CBD concentrates. I don't know. Maybe there are. Maybe I could be totally wrong. Actually, I think there are. Well, there are pens. There are, but. Uh, for something to go into something like the uh, the slash from Stonesmiths, I'm not sure if there's kind of CBD things like that. But again, I could be totally wrong, and if I am, please reach out and let me know. I always like being correct, so if I am wrong on that, uh, let me know. But for me, yeah, it's just kind of like a relaxer, takes the edge off. You know, I take a, a, either a squirt or a capsule in the morning one at night, and then, um, you know, I try to have some of these teas, uh, you know, throughout the day. Um, we try to, uh, you know, make a full pot of this, and then if we don't drink it all, then we f- we put it in the fridge and you have it with some ice, and it's it's delicious. So that's what I use CBD. That's what I like, rather, about uh, CBD is it just brings everything down uh, to a, a little bit more of a relaxing level, and, and I, I also take it for you know, chronic, you know, knee pain that I have and, and, and sometimes my back pain. And I, I do notice that when we say if we run out and we don't have it for a few days, I start to notice uh, just a little bit more uh, cranky back and, and things like that. So it certainly is amazing. Um, it's not uh, a wonder uh, pill or, or oil by any means. Um, you know, it's not going to cure cancer. But it, uh, well, maybe something in the plant might someday, we don't know. Uh, but CBD can be a real benefit to to so many things. Like, you know, I tell people uh, that have parents that are dealing with Alzheimer's or dementia, you know, have some CBD for them. Get them some CBD regularly. And is this going to take away their, uh, their, give their memory back? No, I'm not saying that. But what I might do is calm the agitation they feel when they can't remember, when they get into those states. And that's just as you know, important for the caregiver as well to help them out. So there's a lot of things that CBD can benefit from. For me, it relaxes me and it also helps out with some of the uh, kind of the aches and pains uh, that go along with getting older. All right, I'd love to hear from you. Hit me up, uh, as mentioned, on Twitter, at the Cannabis 101 uh, You can also get us on uh, Facebook and Instagram, at the Cannabis 101 Podcast. And you can email me as well, Cannabis101podcast at gmail.com. And just for chiming in, you can get in the mix for a Cannabis 101 podcast prize pack. Just like that. Very, very cool. And of course, thank you to all of our partners that make this show possible, from David Wiley, up in the OZ, who you're going to hear from in just a second. 
Also, the Green Generation Co. and Malcolm LaBelle. Andre from Regal Cigars has been great. So many other people. Uh, you know, the different re- retail stores that, uh, you know, help me with information and contacts and just general support. It's been awesome. And, and the support from Stonesmiths has been wonderful as well. You know, we've got the Slash on our set. And uh, as I've told you many times, the coolest thing about the uh, the Slash compared to any other concentrate pen out there is you've got this built-in loader right there. Scoop it up, throw it in, boom. And you're vaping with the with the auto fire, double click, let it heat up for four seconds, and then you fire away. It's it's so amazing. They also actually are going to improve this. Uh, they've got a uh, redesign for the new chamber, a redesign of the internal coil structure. That's going to heat that thing up even faster and get bigger clouds, and it's fast enough already. So check them out at stonesmiths.ca. If you're a retail store, uh, you, uh, you'll definitely want to get this in your shop because it's a hot seller and right here in Edmonton, a local company, local to me anyway. So that's why I love to uh, tell people about them. What's happening? We'll tell you right now on This Week in Cannabis News. Good to be chatting with my good friend David Wiley from the OZ once again for This Week in Cannabis News. You can see if you're watching the beautiful uh, website uh, for Okanagan Z. And uh, of course, uh, David, uh, we chatted last week. Uh, the uh, Ounce magazine is out and uh, it was on digital format. And now you have it in uh, actual uh, magazine format, real world format. It's awesome. As an old print journalism reporter, I just love having a printed copy. And uh, I can show you this handsome guy in here hey. who might look familiar if you're watching. I got Dean uh, on the back last hit and a great piece by Dean about athletes and sports and how cannabis might uh, soon become a big part of that world. So it's uh, great to great to have this and I will be sending a stack over to you. So uh, anybody out in your way who wants one, bug Dean for it. I will be dropping it off at uh, several stores. And I really do think uh, cannabis, uh, and, and as our motto is on this show, it's not just about getting high, it's about getting healthy. And cannabis in general can change the complexion, pain management with athletes, recovery, uh, just uh, general enjoyment. So uh, I, hope, I hope people get a, a kick out of the article because uh, I think it really is something that we should be looking at as well. As for uh, the stories that we're going to go with, on this week in cannabis news, I think these four stories that we have today are very uh, diverse and uh, some real interesting good news stories. And let's start with a good news financial story because, man, so many people think there are no good news financial stories in the cannabis <laughs> industry. But last week we talked about uh, you know the numbers uh, not being correct, and it was actually higher, and uh, we're getting even higher, a hundred and twenty percent increase. We're talking about David. This is uh, the cannabis industry really is growing by leaps and bounds. Uh, it's come out now that $2.6 billion uh, in legal recreational sales took place in 2020. Uh, if you factor that at eight bucks a gram, you're looking at 325 million grams sold. Kind of an interesting way to look at that. Wow. Uh, the tally comes from the monthly figures that were released by Statistics Canada throughout the 2020 calendar year. 
And December was particularly a good month for Canadian cannabis retailers. That's Christmas time, so I imagine that people were enjoying the holidays and looking at cannabis as a gift. And just under $300 million was sold in that month alone. So to put that into perspective, 2019 calendar year sales were $908 million. So December alone in 2020 sold more than a third of what was sold in all of 2019. Um, this also, 2020 was the year where legal recreational sales uh, alone overtook illicit sales. And uh, it's just showing that trend on the up. Um, you know, even as we talked last week about the difference between the calendar year sales, $908 million, and the fiscal year sales in 2019 of $1.3 billion, it's an, a stark difference just between those few months uh, that change in the fiscal and calendar year. And Statistics Canada, one of the researchers who monitors these sales numbers, when I talked to him, even he was surprised at how fast the cannabis industry is growing because you don't normally have that big of a gap between a fiscal and a calendar. So, and now we see the difference between 2019 and 2020, and it really is mind boggling. And all provinces across Canada are actually seeing double digit percentage increases in monthly sales totals um, month to month. So it's really a hot, hot industry right now. Yeah, it, it really is. And, and you know, the, the one quote from this article that I really love that we have up on the screen, if you're watching, is that you mentioned it, legal sales of recreational cannabis overtaking illicit sales for the first time. And I, I honestly, I, I didn't think that this was going to, you know, we're two plus years in. This is happening very quick, much faster than I expected. And you know, I think, listen, I think people, uh, there's going to be somebody on, on some block corner probably uh, selling booze some point, just like there's moonshiners uh, still out there doing that. But I think uh, we're seeing a trend and it's only going to get better. And, and at some point, I don't know, do you, do you see the illicit market uh, uh, being almost negligible? I think it'll always be there in some form or fashion. Um I think that we're going to see a lot more home growers as time mm. goes on too. And those sorts of things might have an impact on cannabis retail sales. Uh, but overall, as brick and mortar stores continue to increase, as normalization continues to take place, as the products become more diverse and uh, more uh, familiar to people, particularly when cannabis 3.0 hits and we're seeing products that mimic the ones that we have in our household now, but contain cannabis as regulations um, over CBDEs, uh, the, the industry is just poised for growth upon growth upon growth. Yeah, and you, you know what? That You made a really good point in that, uh, you know, maybe there's people that still are buying from the illicit market that might get into growing their own and then those illicit sales drop that way as well. But uh, clearly, um, you know, Cannabis sales are up, particularly when you look at the, you know, the, the four biggest provinces when it comes to uh, cannabis retails being Ontario, Alberta, BC, and Quebec, which kind of surprised me because everything I've heard about Quebec is everything is so strict. I mean, you know, they were one of the provinces that wouldn't let people grow. So a little bit surprising. Maybe it speaks to the appetite that people have despite, you know, the even stricter regulations. Yeah, and also just the force of their population. Quebec is a pretty big mm -hmm. area. Um, you know, and 
whether you uh, come in from a province that is friendly toward it or not friendly toward it, there are all kinds of people within every province that just love the cannabis plant. Indeed. Uh, well, this is a story that, um, you know, I'm, I'm glad to see uh, an, an outcome, a possible, uh, you know, fixture of what was a very expensive issue for Vancouver pot retailers. Oh, man. Vancouver City Council voted to cut the $34,000 a year legal cannabis retail fee that they have to pay every year. I mean, that's got to hurt. $34,000 really you could buy you a full-time employee and it uh, feels like that's what we should be using that money for. But, uh, you know, what they will use it for is up to them. The motion passed last week and think about it in contrast of liquor stores who pay an annual fee of $429. Um, just a sliver. It's 80, 80 times less than what legal cannabis is paying. It's actually the highest fee in Canada and was put into place before legalization um, for medical dispensaries. So uh, Councillor Rebecca Bly from Vancouver says that in response to all this, the illicit market is growing and the legal market is not in Vancouver, which is back asswards. Uh, and she says that the move is meant to help licensed retailers thrive. She says that she hopes that the these retailer fees, once they get... Uh, updated hopefully at the end of the year will be more comparable to the liquor store fees and as for where that revenue goes from the fee it's actually spent around enforcement on the illicit market and uh so that's that's what that's being used for maybe that's a reason why we're seeing um greater amount of enforcement in vancouver um you know when compared to other parts of the province here maybe not as, as for what's uh, what's happening with the next steps, city staff have been directed to come back with a recommendation before the licenses need to be re renewed again, December 31st, 2021. So they have some time to figure out uh, what that fee is going to look like. Well, the the kind of the really encouraging thing about this is uh, the, the vote was, I think it was unanimous. I think there was one absentee uh, counselor, but everybody was in favor of this, which is encouraging because... As we've often said on this program and, and many others is the cannabis industry doesn't want any special treatment. This is one equal treatment, right? Like we're not asking yeah. as an industry to bend the, the, the bylaws. We're just asking us to put us on the same level playing field as everybody else so that we can also be able to feed our families and things like that. And so this is a good step, and hopefully there's more steps. You and I have talked about it, uh, you know, whether the, the uh, Canada Health Act and the regulations and the restrictions. They just want level playing field. And, and Vancouver City Council looks like they're putting retail stores in the industry of cannabis on that level playing field with this move. And who gets hit? when these fees are so exorbitant, it's the consumer. Yeah. Um, you know, of course the retailers suffer, but at the end of the day, it's the consumer that pays the price for that fee through the price on weed. And yeah, as that counselor said, that doesn't do anything to combat the illicit market. Yeah, indeed. All right, we have talked about some uh, kind of innovative 
companies and different things in the past. And uh, this is a story that uh, just warms my heart. Like, this is amazing. And I've had a few um, really environmentally conscious uh, LPs from out east on my program already. And, and I've actually already reached out to this company because I love this idea so much. So tell us about what this Nova Scotia Cannabis Company grower, are do- what they're doing. Nova Scotia cannabis producer Aqualita, they're using ocean sourced plastic containers for their cannabis products are based outside of the Atlantic coast city of Halifax. And, uh, they're making the recycled cannabis containers through a partnership with Santa packaging. Uh, The first order of containers were made using two tons of plastics reclaimed from the ocean. Aqualita's products around the country are going to begin transitioning to this new packaging over the next few months. Uh, It's already being used on their five gram containers of their medical cannabis. And now their recreational brand Reef is going to start using the new packaging next month. And these are the kinds of solutions that I think people have been wanting. We've heard so much from cannabis consumers who are interested in purchasing more sustainable types of packaging. We've seen comically large cannabis packaging uh, that's come onto the market and some packaging that just isn't easily recyclable either. So this is a great way to do it. You know, you're using um, plastic out of the ocean and it doesn't have any impact on what the cannabis looks like because if you're still able to uh, ship them out to customers in those protective plastic jars, then you're not uh, getting your buds squished in those little tiny baggies. And that's been my only problem with a more minimal approach to packaging. You know, it just seems like this industry, and in a good way, is always kind of one-upping each other and and doing something even better. And I had Tanner Stewart from Stewart Farms on, and their bath bombs, everything, including the wrapper on the bath bomb, is 100% biodegradable. And then, you know, here comes Aqualita, and this is another great story about, I just can't believe that they use two tons of reclaimed packaging. It's so smart. Like, it's getting better and better. And, you know, I love the day where we just don't have any more plastic packaging and or you know if it's reclaimed then at least you're using it but man i would love to see the day where we're just all glass i don't know if it'll ever happen i doubt it but glass is obviously the perfect thing but when you can do something like this i mean for me that would make me go want to go out and support this company and you know that's what uh the cannabis industry i think is great product but also kind of a good story that you can get behind Yeah, absolutely. And we're literally a green industry. I think that people around the world should be looking at the cannabis industry um, as leaders in sustainability. And I'm looking forward to the day where other products start to look at the way that cannabis is being packaged and sold and uh, use the example being set by cannabis producers and their own uh, products in other sectors. Indeed. Okay, this last story is really interesting. You know, we've been talking about some pretty cool research being done on, you know, the specifics of uh, the plant and and some of the, uh, you know, the viruses that it might be able to fight. And now we're looking at some research on how THC is measured when it comes to impairment. And, you know, this was a really hot topic right out of the gate of legalization. And, it's kind of seems to have been quieted down a little bit. So I don't know what's happening, but the, the research in this, in this uh, experiment that they did is, is quite interesting. 
Yeah, it comes from the quest for an effective roadside cannabis test, which has been extremely elusive. Different companies have tried it. Uh, and now a new simulated driving study published this month has found that setting a limit for cannabis and driving uh, and testing for THC in a person's mouth or blood during enforcement just aren't reliable indicators of driving impairment. This isn't the first study to do that kind of research and come to that same conclusion, uh, but it is the latest. So we've got researchers from the University of Sydney in Australia, as well as Baltimore-based um, John, Johns Hopkins University School of Medicine. They found that these types of tests just are un unable to accurately assess when or how much cannabis has been taken by an individual. And that's different from a blood alcohol concentration, you know, the standard test for road, roadside stops uh, to find out if someone's been drinking a little too much before driving. You pull them over and get them to blow into that test. Uh, works fine with alcohol, but there's an inconsistency between impairment and THC concentrations. Uh, the authors of the study concluded that there really is a pressing need to develop improved methods of detecting cannabis intoxication and impairment. Um, looking forward to when they're able to do that because it certainly seems like the, the um, technology to do so is not there, uh, not developed. Yeah, and, and listen, I think that this is something that you know, we need to have an accurate test so we can keep impaired drivers off the roads. But it's such a different kind of ball of wax, if you will, and not the kind of wax that you would use in the uh, uh, the, the slash from Stonesmiths. But <laughs> it's such a weird kind of ball of wax with this. And, and, and their study kind of even proves it where, you know, the, the one quote where they say, in two cases, one volunteer had a positive THC result, but displayed minimal impaired driving. Whilst the another volunteer had a negative THC result, but driving impairment was profound. So, you know, and, 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 and we know this about cannabis is everybody reacts differently because of the endo, the, the individual endocannabinoid system that we have within us. So, you know, somebody could uh, have a joint and, and be really, really look impaired and another person could have the same thing and be totally fine. So, this this just has to be nailed down 100% or all these things or a lot of these cases could be overturned down the road if they're in indeed, uh, you know, charged with something. Yeah, I think that they need to get it right the first time, um, you know, rather than ruining people's lives over a, a faulty test. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I chuckled at in that part of the research where they said that someone had zero impairment and, and yet still drove like they were impaired and I thought that they really called out some poor schmuck for his or her <laughs> terrible driving abilities. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, they weren't impaired. Like, they're just a bad driver. You're right. That's <laughs> Australia's worst drivers contestant <laughs> right there. <laughs> uh, you know, but that, like you said, I think that the, the big takeaway from a lot of these studies is really that uh, THC affects people very differently um, depending on how much they take. And you only have to look at uh, edibles to see that, you know, one person at 2.5 milligrams is in space and another person can ingest 1000 milligrams and still be feeling fine. So yeah. I, I don't get it. I'm thankful for all this research because maybe they'll have an explanation as to why I'm such a lightweight. 
<laughs> well, and and we you're right. The, the the point you made there before was absolutely number one. Is that you know whether you're uh, acquitted from uh, an impaired driving charge or not doesn't take away like even if you're acquitted in the end or it's overturned doesn't take away from all the stuff that you probably had to go through in the first place when you might not have been impaired but you I, maybe it was from the day before I'm not exactly sure how it works so um, you know just getting charged with a, an impaired. Uh, charge, uh, you know, getting an impaired charge uh, can be just so disruptive. And if you weren't impaired in the first place, yeah. uh, that's that's even worse. So you can't, um, you know, people think that you could just go and get it overturned and your life is good. Well, no, people people don't forget sometimes. And, you know, what happened if you had lost your license and you depended on it? So you're absolutely right. This has to be done right from the start in the in the most correct way. And I've even heard that, you know, smoking a joint, um, you test differently than maybe if you had a drink or an edible or something. And so there's there's so many discrepancies out there with any kind of testing that's going on right now because it's so new. And this was the thing that I always thought was holding up legalization. I thought there was never going to be legalization until there was a roadside test, which which they probably should have had developed before they, they legalized, but still um, they, there has to be um, the, you know, the, the discrepancies absolutely have to be fixed in this situation. Yeah. And that's the challenge. There just is no reliable test right now. And when it comes to impaired driving, I mean, let's be real. You're, you're guilty until proven innocent after mm. you get pulled over and, uh, and fail any kind of a roadside impairment test. Yeah, 100% well said. Uh, you can check out the OZ at OkanaganZ.com. You can download the digital copy of uh, the new magazine. I can't wait to get my hands on the actual magazine. And uh, when I do, I'll be getting it out to some great stores. So check out OkanaganZ.com and uh, find them on Twitter at OkanaganZ. David, thanks as always for joining me, man. Have a great week. You too, my friend. stuff from the artist my dead dog man that guy is like a wizard uh, with the guitar uh anyway that is the weed song that you just heard you'll hear the marijuana song as we wrap up the show a little bit later on but uh, always love hearing from the artist my dead dog with the weed song this is news i don't like bringing you every week but i gotta keep telling you that the cannabis, especially for our um, our new listeners and, and viewers as well, uh, but the Cannabis uh, Hemp and Expo has been postponed. It was supposed to happen in April. What it does, we'll be there on location providing uh, episodes, broadcasting episodes. So I'd love when we safely can get together for you to come down and visit us at the Cannabis Hemp Expo. Find out more information at CannabisHempExpo.com and we will be giving away tickets to this event whenever it does uh, certainly get off of the ground. You got a joint? 
Uh, no, not on me, man. <laughs> It'd be a lot cooler if you did. Time now for cannabis characters. Dopest dope I've ever smoked. Celebrating the best from fictional 420 film. Hey, I am your stoner. <laughs> and beyond. Is it heavy stuff, man? So today on our Cannabis Character, uh, this is a show I actually just stumbled upon. Uh, I've, I've pretty much gone through all of the kind of cannabis characters uh, from, from most of the, well, most of the cannabis characters from the movies that I've seen. So I'm always on the lookout. So by the way, if you know of a great uh, cannabis character that I have yet to talk about, uh, or even if you, if you don't know that I've yet to talk about it, send it my way and uh, maybe it'll be somebody new uh, that I will uh, have stumbled upon. And I love uh, animation uh, when it comes to cannabis as well. So this is a cool show that I have stumbled upon. And uh, the cannabis character is played by Justin Long. He plays the character of Kevin Murphy in the show F is for Family, uh, Justin Long. Uh, you you will uh, know that name, and uh, certainly you'll know the voice. So I can't wait to get into more episodes. It's on Netflix. It's created by uh, the comedian Bill Burr. Uh, he's also one of the voice actors and Michael Price. It's set in Pennsylvania in the 1970s, and it follows an Irish-American family. And Justin Long voices, you know, one of the main characters. And, uh, you know, he's a, a teenage kid, likes to get high and smoke pot with his buddies. In this scene, he's hanging out, they're smoking some J's with this buddy Lex, who's voiced by Mo Collins, and she voices a whole bunch of other uh, cool characters as well. And Bolo, voiced by Trevor uh, Duvall, who is born in Edmonton, right, in my neck of the woods. So it's really cool to have a neat little uh, local connection to this show. So this is a clip from uh, a one scene in the show F is for Family, featuring Justin Long, who voices the character Kevin Murphy. Spliff through time. Yeah, man. Let's clean them ganja seeds before daylight comes and me want to go home. Where'd you get that queer album from your dad's asshole? It's the first double album I grabbed. Leave me alone. Just busting you. When I was little, my parents put this on every Sunday after dinner. Like they were Mr. and Mrs. Liberace or some shit. Oh, you bummed me out. Let's blaze. My dad is such a hard ass. He's breaking my balls because I'm flanking history. Who needs to learn about shit that already happened? If they had a class called Future, I'd be all over it. Yeah, man. In the future, you won't even have to study. You just take a smart pill. I would totally overdose on those. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so there is F is for family. Uh, Justin Long, uh, the main character in that uh, scene, voicing those characters um, for F is for family. Now, the thing about that that's kind of cool is, you know, if you grew up uh, smoking weed, you did that with your buddies. You sat around and... 
and um, you know, he got high, and then he had these crazy ideas. They, they actually go on to talk about uh, first ladies that they would prefer and some different things. And that brings back memories for me with me and my buddies. Uh, we used to sit in the middle of a room uh, in Winnipeg and put the speakers in all corners and listen to Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. We had a big purple bong and just try to figure out all the animal noises that you heard and everything. And then, you know, you get into different conversations. So it kind of brings back a lot of memories, I'm sure, for a lot of people who did that in the 1970s. I did it in the, in the 90s. Um, I'm, not, uh, I'm not that old. Um, and so this show, by the way, is four seasons. Right now, um, they've just renewed for a fifth and final season. So uh, I'm sure that will be pretty entertaining. I can't wait to get into it. And it's full of great actors like Bill Burr, as I mentioned, Laura Dern, Sam Rockwell, and there's some really funny actors in cameos as well. Uh, Vince Vaughn is one of them. He's actually, his production company, uh, is he's, I think he's an executive producer. So that's Justin Long uh, playing the uh, character of Kevin Murphy in F is for Family, and you can find that on Netflix. <laughs> is the business of cannabis a joint venture between the green generation co and the cannabis 101 podcast bringing you the latest bud biz buzz all right time to get into the latest buzz bud biz buzz here on the business of cannabis and you can find out how Melka can help you at greengencompany.com as I bring in Melka LaBelle from the Green Gen Company. And uh, I don't know what it's like uh, in your neck of the woods, but uh, I see grass now, Melka. Snow really? is melting <laughs> up here, so it's very, we have very hope. nice. <laughs> yeah, I actually haven't seen the ground in about a day, but uh, it's uh, blue skies, it's above zero. I... It smells like spring is in the air. Is that too early? I feel like we're jinxing it. <laughs> yeah, I, I would want to be careful about uh, d- of, about that because we still have March to get through. But man, mm-hmm. it has been it has been really really nice uh, in the last few days, yes. and it was nice to kind of get out and stretch the legs and uh, and things like that. So uh, I'm I'm really looking forward to spring, and I'm looking forward to what we're going to be talking about today in something that you've been working on for quite a long time. Oh my gosh, it feels like a marathon that took like a really long time, but it's also very over very quick. So a list a bit of the preamble. So back in the summer, I did competed in something called the Alberta Great Marathon Pitch Competition. And it was kind of on a whim. I didn't really know what I was getting into, but essentially I just pitched one project that I was working on. And as you know, I'm working on lots of different things, like all the time that are related to cannabis and green and hemp and all those fun things. So this was like a a three minute pitch that I had to put together and, and put out there in a live competition in the summer. So it was a full day of these pitches. I think there was like, I don't know, like 80 of them delivered back to back from people all around the province. And from that, I got picked up by the Accelerator Group, this really cool A, like Star trek looking thing in the corner there. The Accelerator is an Alberta-based accelerator incubator program, kind of modeled after Silicon Valley um, type 
incubators. They actually had done uh, an incubation program with, uh, the I think it was called the 500. It's a startup group in, in uh, Silicon Valley. And then they came back to Calgary and decided to launch their own version that was more tailored to the Canadian ecosystem of startups or the Calgary system of startups. So they were essentially watching the pitches that were on this marathon and and it recruited me to be part of their accelerator, which was super cool because there was all these like really incentives for new diverse ideas. And my pitch was not very tech related, but I kind of bent the rules a little bit because I included tech. Long story short, I've been working with them for six months, a cohort, we were batch number eight, and there's a bunch of other really cool companies that were all part of this, as you can see on the screen there. This is our group, as well as the investors mixed into the mix. And today was our final pitch day. So we had another marathon, and I've been working with them on fine-tuning the pitch around the green book. We've, we've, we've talked about a bunch of times on the show here, and that's actually the tech platform that I've been developing for the cannabis business, for cannabis entrepreneurs or cannapreneurs, as I like to call them. So what we're going to do now is what's what's super cool. We finished off the investor portion, and now it's time to turn it over to the prospective customers, which is like you yourself, Dean, could be a prospective customer. And any other cannapreneur or cannabis entrepreneur that might be listening to our podcast, hopefully there's a few out there, and I would like to share with, the, with them and you what I've been working on all this time and how they can basically get involved and potentially be a customer. So that's what we're going to do. I'm going to, I'm going to share with you the pitch and I'm going to just explain it because a lot of the content around it is stuff that there are, you've already seen. So it's, um, and the slides just don't translate well in this situation. So we're just going to, going to tell you all about it and then you're going to see what you think and has questions. And then at the end, we'll show our listeners how they can get a chance to potentially be a customer. How does that sounds sound? Sounds good. That sounds good. Fire away. Awesome. So as we all know, um, I'm Malka LaBelle and I'm the founder and I like to call it the CEO of the Green Generation Company. <laughs> and as we know, we are working towards ending the stigma on cannabis. That is the goal and mission of my company. I founded my company in 2018 while I was in my MBA at Queen's University. And but before that, I was a sales exec with over 15 years of success in selling in very tough climates, particularly oil and gas in Alberta, as many of our people will know, literally closing business with fires, regulators, and falling oil prices all around me. That was the nature in which I was successful in sales. I was able to relate to my clients and be really successful um, in helping them solve their problems. And I took that. And then at the end of or middle of 2017, I personally suffered from a bit of a you know, unknown medical concern or issue that I use medical cannabis to try and get through and recover. And doing my MBA was part of that. So I had to sort of relearn how to be a human again. I sort of had to relearn how to think and be smart and all the things that I really lost in the period of time and while I was recovering with medical cannabis. And it really did save my life. I mean, cannabis, I would not be here if it was not for the plant. So I pay homage and have started a company as such. Um, but right now what I do is I'm a vocal advocate at the national level. So the National Cannabis Working Group, which you hear me talk about all the time on the show, as well as the international level at the ISO and creating standards around what cannabis 
will be produced going forward. And I've built a huge network, definitely part of your help doing, uh, Dean, and the podcast reach that we've had through events in person when those happened a long time ago, and through LinkedIn and referrals. And my days are filled back to back consulting and connecting and educating and advocating for this industry. And I've really got a sense of really understanding the problems that different people in this industry, I like to call them the canapreneurs, have really had. And so we've built an ecosystem of brands and businesses, a whole bunch of different things. So we've got, you know, my Hempy Distribution as my hemp distribution company, which I recently acquired. We've got the Hempire Packaging Solutions, which is the circular economy packaging. We've got the Truth on Cannabis Storytelling, which I talk about all the time. Make it micro, so the Make It Micro Craft Farmers, uh, you know, starting a business and growing with um, lowering the hurdles for craft growers to get into the uh, into the business. We've got our curriculum development program and we've been picked up for a second year. I just got renewed my contract for uh, teaching at the Elevated Learning Academy, which is very exciting. And we've got the uh, industry contacts valuation services, which I do for other companies. And there's a couple new ones on there, which I'll save for a later date, but some new exciting stuff called The Canapreneur and Malab Co. So those are some new things which I'll save for another day. But the thing is, is I'm in the center of this ecosystem, right, Dean? You know, I'm super busy working on all this stuff all the time. And it's kind of like a continuous flywheel, like all these different businesses which have different people involved. I'm sort of at the center of all of them. And we're working to really motivate and push the cannabis industry forward on a number of fronts. Someone said I'm like the nucleus of the cell or something, and I thought that was kind of cool. And it's really been my ability to connect with people and understand what they're doing and connect them around the vision of, you know, ending the stigma on cannabis, which we both definitely align on. And we have a committed team. We've got a team that's working. I have a team that's working on a minimum viable product, which is our MVP, our platform and our SaaS model. And hopefully some customers will be lining up after this to talk more about how they can get involved. So what is this? This is the green book that we're talking about. So the green book is essentially um, a, the cannabis in industry online network. Um, and essentially, we brought this together to solve the very complex problems that the industry has. Uh, I have a slide in my deck here where I show Manjeet uh, Minhas from Dragon's Den on season 15 and with Loop Pool on it. Uh, it was in front of his pitch where um, Ian Kwichansky, who is the CEO of Loop Pool, one of my clients, he, uh, she, Manjeet says, you know, I thought alcohol was tough until I got into the cannabis industry. It's crazy. <laughs> so from a dragon, you know, that's saying a lot, right? And we know exactly what she's talking about. You know, we're solving some really complex problems that people outside the industry don't necessarily understand. We have the social media censorship problem, which is very real to a lot of people, the disconnect between consumers and the industry, the government unrecognizing the economic benefits that the industry can bring, uh, leaders and industry people feeling squeezed on all sides, competition fears, unknown path to profitability. These are all the giant, complex, hairy problems that the industry has right now that are very much un under not well understood by people outside of the industry, which is why I've been pitching this so many times over. So we created the Green Book and it's a world where, imagine a place where the industry can go to connect, learn and grow together. And that's what the Green Book is all about. It's the Cannabis Industry Network, an online platform. And it was literally built from the experience that we've had working with our canapreneurs that's our cannabis entrepreneurs who are frustrated and on the verge of really just tearing their hair out or breaking down entirely in some cases. They've really needed help in navigating the regulations and the stigma that still exists in this industry. It's not going away anytime soon. Hopefully it does faster, but it's 
still slow. And we're all working towards a sustainable, healthy industry that just hasn't realized its full potential yet. But the cool thing is we both know that on the horizon, there is a ton of cool stuff coming with the legalization rolling out, hopefully in the US in the near term, and the demand for cannabis around the world is growing. This is not a trend. This is a massive thing that's going to be staying for a long time because we all know it solves a lot of problems for a lot of people. We just haven't quite figured out how it does that yet, at least from the exterior perspective. So we've planned um, an unrolling of the Green Book, which is our online platform, which was kind of going to function like it will look a little bit like Facebook when it first got started, like we've got a feed up the middle of your screen and each entrepreneur that signs up gets to post their content. They could talk about what they're doing. They could post, you know, really anything, just like Facebook. You can really upload anything onto your screen and then you can share with others. You can ask people questions. You can have chats. You can have, you know, subscribe to other people's feeds. It will very much function and feel like a Facebook concept. But the cool part about it is that you own your content and you pay for what other things that you like. So it's not free. It's it's considered um, essentially you're not you're not being the, you're not the guinea pig. You're not they're not we're not selling your data and your clicks and your likes and your what you follow to other people. It's if you like it, you're going to pay a micro amount and collectively that will add up to the volume of business or you can just straight subscribe for a monthly uh, for an annual fee of $500 a year which we think is pretty reasonable for a small business to get a ton of information in the same place and so we've considerably estimated that this business is worth a lot of money <laughs> but uh, more importantly it's not a lot of cost to enter and for the listeners out there we are only inviting 400 people to get started so 400 Canadian entrepreneurs in 2021 is all of the invitations that we're going to be issuing and you cannot subscribe to this unless you've been invited so that means someone else has said you know what i really think your your business and what you're working on and who you are is worth sharing with the group and we think that you as a person or a counterpreneur can benefit from being part of this group and that's the whole concept is it's like give back here and share your love with others so basically there's three ways that you can pay you can either subscribe straight out for 400 500 a year or you can earn money, which is super cool, through an affiliate program. So if you have a business that has something to sell that people can buy either in person or through shipping it to them like or something online, then you can generate revenue from this business, including consulting revenue. So we have this cool thing called Pick Your Brain, which is like if someone just wants to talk to Dean about podcasting and how he set up his podcast and even though it's really hard to make money doing a podcast, you could definitely make money consulting to other people on how you've made a sustainable podcast business and grown viewers and likes and how you've done it. So there's a consulting feature where you can essentially earn money for your piece, someone else calling you and talking to you about your expertise, which is super cool. And then we also have the click funding option, which is kind of like, it's like the tip function after a Uber drive or Uber ride. So after your visit, after your visit or your session, on the green book you have a chance to you're going to get a pop-up box that's going to tell you how much time you spent on the site how many things you clicked and liked and then it's going to give you an option to pay for that on a scale like from zero dollars to whatever um, number that we think it might be worth 
based on how much time you spent. And then you can say, yes, I would like to pay this right now. Please charge my credit card. Here it is. Or maybe you can pay in Bitcoin or maybe you could pay later and sum it up later or don't want to pay at all. So those will all be options with the click funding model. And this is instead of a freemium model. So we're familiar with freemium models in LinkedIn and Facebook where you're 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 essentially paying nothing to be on the site, but someone else is essentially paying for your data. And we don't like that. We want to be in control of your information and no one else is buying it, but, but who you give it to. And that's the concept. There's no like someone else watching you. If you like something, you click on it and you like it, great. If you don't think it's worthy of clicking on it, then don't click on it because your like actually counts for money. And that's the point is we want you to recognize that your likes matter and your, you know, how much time you spend on something matters. Kind of like, you know, window shopping in a store, you know, I'm just browsing, but hmm, if I'm there long enough, maybe a salesperson is going to ask me if I want to buy something. Same concept. So that's kind of it. That's the concept behind the green book. And we were out raising money and we have been for a while. So we are still looking for investors for $500,000 for a safe note, which means that they don't necessarily have to give us their money. They can, um, we can borrow it for a period of time and then decide later if they want us to keep it as equity. It's cool. It's a cool financial instrument. We've already got the, the software built. Everything's ready to go. And we've been signing up people that are in the, our network and in our ecosystem already. And now it's time to turn it over to our followers and our fans and our subscribers. And if anyone is interested in getting a chance to try out the Green Book uh, um, platform, they can just go to the Green Book platform's website, which is www.greenbook.site. That's the, the color green and book.site. Or you can also get to it from my Green Generation page. There's a, a, a menu item at the top that says Green Book. So those go to the same place. And there you can uh, subscribe or you know, put your information in. And like I said, we're only issuing 400 seats right now. So there's 400 invitations. And then after they're done, we're going to evaluate that and see if we're going to open it up more. But for now, that's all there is. So hopefully we can share that with some users and followers. And Dean, obviously, you are included in this if you'd like to have one and see if it works for you. And we can go from there. So that's the pitch. Wow. And let's love to hear what you think. Yeah, well, first of all, I think it's it's uh, it's it's great to be able to have a place where your posts or you know your information isn't getting taken down because that's happening so much yeah. right now. Uh, whether it's on Instagram or Facebook, they're both both owned by the same company, and it's just it's extremely frustrating. Uh, you know, not only are are uh, people in the cannabis space in Canada not allowed to uh, actually advertise, but now companies in the united states because it's not federally legal are not letting you post on their free sites either so there certainly needs to be some place where like-minded businesses can go and share ideas and learn and kind of i just like the idea of like picking the brain of other people and and you know kind of you know expanding your network and asking a few questions and you know maybe that maybe that doesn't lead to something right there but maybe it does down the road 100%. 100%. And that's actually one of the biggest reasons we did this is talking to a lot of the counterpreneurs that we've all been speaking to on a regular basis. You know, they don't make money for being on podcasts. There's no revenue stream for us. It's a direct translation of speaking about the industry and what we're doing all the time. So here's a way to get a little bit back. I mean, I'm not going to say you're making six figures, although there are some people actually. This platform that we're using, Pick Your Brain, to do this, it's another Canadian entrepreneur that I learned about. She was also a Queens grad. And her platform is based on, there's another one in the US called Clarity. 
So I've actually put myself on clarity and have gotten customers from this site because I put out that I had expertise in the Canadian cannabis industry, particularly in software and data. And several people have paid me by the minute to speak. So I and you can put that out there globally and, and you can use the version in our site also in other places. It's basically just a link to your profile. So it's, a, it's actually a really powerful tool for freelancers or consultants, you know, in a space that they may not necessarily be there. It's their core revenue stream, but it could be very lucrative and help understand what people are looking for from a needs perspective. Yeah, like I, I think uh, the ability to, um, you know, uh, if you have something to sell, uh, whether whether that might be is, is great, but just the ability to tell people what you what you have, what you're going on without it being taken down and you, you're, you know, you're, you're kind of have your target audience, uh, you know, right in front of you. Mm-hmm. What what are we talking about as far as dates and and this, get, you know, uh, you know, what are we what are we looking forward to as future dates and things like that? So right now we're taking potential um, greenbook.site is the website to go and enter your information to subscribe. So you have to say what zone you're from, like if you're from Canada or the U.S., because we are prioritizing Canadian uh, members and there's 400 seats. So as soon as we reach the 400 mark, we are vetting people. So we're making sure that they are, you have to be a canapreneur. So essentially you have to be in a business, you have to be working in a business, potentially, prospectively your own, or one that you're, you know, an owner of. And um, we're in March right now. So we're looking for a, we're looking at a, sorry, for a March 15th launch date for turning everything on for all of the users. So whether we have all 400 by then or not, doesn't matter. We'll start with the ones that we've got and kind of grow from there. There's a lot of people that have been on the show that have already been approached to be part of this. Shabazz, for example, I was on the phone with him late last night, practicing my pitch uh, and he's in Costa Rica having a great time. But uh, no, <laughs> but he's a, been a great resource because his concept around the industry is very similar. And there he's also like, they're really trying to understand what the needs are of the people in this industry and how it's so varied so the concept is middle of march we're going to be opening it up to the users that have chosen to so you don't get to come on for free you can choose either the 500 subscription model which per year so you can pay up front or monthly or um we'll have the click funding option which basically means that every time you have a session we're going to kind of ask you a survey of how was your time and you get to evaluate it at that time and there'll be options to say well i don't want to pay for it now but to ask me next time or charges to me monthly like there'll be things like that where there'll be options but we're essentially evaluating what is the value of something like this because Facebook never asked anybody how much you want to pay for Facebook, right? Like, do they ever send you a bill and say, you know, you're paying this to be on this platform? No. The thing is they're selling your information to somebody else. So that's kind of that, you know, underside that people aren't such a fan of anymore. And that's the concept we're essentially trying to avoid. And so it's a bit of a foreign concept. You know, most people are used to getting something for free and trying it out before they have to pay. So this is, we have this, our version is the click funding model, but it will be open and accessible um, at a minimum on uh, middle of March. Awesome. Uh, I think this is something, you know, and, and I think you said something really important is that the, the industry is so varied. There's so many different uh, avenues that people can go down. And, um, you know, this industry is so new as well, and that's only going to grow. So a place where like-minded individuals can go and tour around and meet others and make connections, I'm definitely all for it. So one more time, what is the website where people can find it? 
It's uh, www.greenbook.site, S-I-T-E. And as you see my screen in front of you, there's a green, the green book menus at the top of the page. So you can just click it right from the Green Gen Company website as well, and you'll get to the same place. Excellent. Thanks so much, Malcolm. We'll chat next week. Thanks so much, Dean. This is the Cannabis 101 Podcast, part of the Cannabis Life Experience, turning the wheel of cannabis one toke at a time. Big thanks to uh, the husband and uh, wife voice team, Christine Bandalo and Kevin Dabbs. Uh, they are um, they, they do the voice work for all of my shows, actually, but uh, exceptional job on the Cannabis 101 podcast. Great to partner up with them, as well as Stonesmiths. Uh, you can check them out at stonesmiths.ca. Uh, they've got the slash, as I told you, three temperature settings, four seconds to heat up, fire away. They're working on making that even faster, but also coming from the team something new they're working on it now they're very secretive i've tried to pry the information out of them but i can't but look for a new product coming in april this april really really excited about uh what the gang has designed for this april because the slash from stonesmiths is uh just totally out of sight Bud, dope, flower, ganja, Mary Jane. We all have our own language when it comes to cannabis. Herb, John Lennon, plant, tie stick, salad. So let's explore another weed word of the day. Samuel Ojeks, the hobbit's leaf, Lady Gaga, 420. All right, so if you're watching on our YouTube channel or any of, any of our social media channels when we stream this show out, you can see on the screen what we're doing for uh, Weed Word of the Day. Our, uh, we do one slang word and one standard word. And again, if you're listening, check us out on YouTube, uh, the Cannabis 101 podcast, or any of our social media channels. We stream the shows out there and the, and the individual segments as well. So the pinner we're going with, that's our slang term. It's a small, really tight joint. It looks like basically a pin. Uh, most times they're way too tight in my experience and they're hard to smoke. My buddy Scooter, Scoot, he always used to roll pinners. Uh, I was never a fan of them. But, hey, I can't complain because I can't roll anything. I'm a packer, so I have cones. And uh, then I just, uh, you know, crush the weed uh, up, grind it up, and uh, pour it in and pack it in there. So I, uh, I can't roll, so I can't really complain too much about pinners, but they're definitely not my favorite they're like those reticans that are out there they they're like the slims they're rolled great they burn perfectly usually pinners are uh just just way too small and way too uh hard to smoke ask ask cheech and chong uh when they had that uh pinner in uh, up and smoke now the standard term is jelly hash and this has a very very high potency because it's a mixture of bubble hash water or sla- water hash and hash oil so you're combining bubble hash and water hash. Uh, you're combining two different kind of extracts to make some strong highs. It has been known to help cancer patients because they you know, oftentimes get very nauseous uh, from the effects of chemotherapy. So it's actually, um, you know, there, a lot of people have reported that this has helped them uh, with the nausea that comes along with chemotherapy as well as some chronic pain 
It's also uh, a mixture of two types of hash, and the heat is then heat is applied, and the texture comes out like jelly because oil and water uh, don't mix from the bubble hash and the hash oil. So there are your weed words of the day. We're talking about pinners, tiny, small joints, and uh, we also are looking at jelly hash, which is very, very potent. The Cannabis Life Experience. It's not just about getting high. It's about getting healthy. Turning the wheel of cannabis, one toke at a time. And that's going to wrap things up for episode 83, hour number one. You can uh, find us on YouTube and click the subscribe button. Uh, then click that bell and you'll get a notice every time we put out an episode and we try to put one out, uh, at least something out uh, from the main episode to the individual segments Monday to Friday. And if you did enjoy the show and you're listening on whatever your favorite podcast format is, uh, please subscribe as well. Leave us a review. Let us know. We're always always trying to improve the show and i love hearing from people i don't always get back to them uh, as quickly as i possibly can but i do try to respond to everybody that reaches out and i love hearing your thoughts on the show we have the weed weekly coming out on friday right into your inbox if you are a subscriber just head to the cannabis 101 podcast.ca and sign up for the weed weekly we recap the show we have a giveaway there as well we spin the wheel of names and there's so much more that goes into that but it is only for subscribers so you want to head to the website and sign up for that and speaking of websites check out stonesmiths.ca when you have a chance Uh, they are a great local edmonton company if you'd like to join the show as a partner or if you'd like to join the show as a guest Email me, please. Cannabis101podcast at gmail.com. That is uh, cannabis101podcast at gmail.com. Hour number two on Wednesday, we're going to talk insurance in the cannabis game as well. Chris Ianson, regional manager of Plant Life Cannabis, will join me for Know Your Buds. Past episodes can be found at cannabis101podcast.ca. And if you're into uh, other shows of the podcast variety, I've got a couple of sports shows at podcastalley.ca. As we leave you, as we always do, it's the marijuana song from the artist My Dead Dog. And remember, it's not just about getting high, it's about getting healthy. We'll chat on Wednesday.